Thank you all. We've been going through the great themes of Advent. We started last week with the candle of hope, that Christ, as we saw in the book of Isaiah, Christ is our hope. And this week, the warm and encouraging word of peace. And to do that, our Christian fathers and mothers have dropped John the Baptist in the middle of Advent. I mean, really, if we want to do justice to the peace candle, what is that hairspray trick where you blow it behind the candle and just flames go everywhere? That, how do you drop John the Baptist in, in, a, in a season of such warmth, a season of, this is a wild man, right? This is a wild man wearing wild things and saying, saying wild things and eating wild things. And it has to be here. If we want to talk about the peace that God brings, we need to hear every year, every Advent season, as we prepare for the birth of Christ, for God to draw near again, we need to hear the message of John the Baptist, what he has to say to prepare the way for us. Now, if you've been with me or if you're new, I'm just going to quickly review this because many of you have heard it. Matter of fact, the men of the Monday morning Bible study reminded me of this, so I want to make sure to share it. This whole gospel, Mark's gospel, is a race. This, I think the word immediately shows up 108 times in Scripture, and over a third of them are in this very short gospel. This whole gospel, you can never settle down. There's very few healings. It's just move, 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 move until you get to Holy Week, and then it all slows down. Jesus does nothing immediately, quickly, in Holy Week. This whole book is a, a race to get us to the cross and to see, as we heard our, our handbell play for us in our prelude, Christ was born for this. This is why he was born, Mark 10, 45, that he might be a ransom for us. Not that he would be served, but that he would serve us. And so it's right for us to look to John the Baptist and hear what he would say to us, especially in Mark's gospel. So if you have your Bibles, open there to Mark, because I want us to see what Mark would say to us about the peace of God that only comes from the one who went to Calvary for us. Again, this whole gospel is a race to get us there, and, and, and a reminder again that only peace can come through Christ. Listen, we talked about it a little bit last week. How much peace do you think Mary and Joseph had if they were just living by the world's standards? I looked up this scale this past week about different stress factors that people have. And they said if you get over a point value of 300, you're basically at the point of a nervous breakdown. And you look at everything in, in Mary and Joseph's life, whether it would be even struggles in their relationship. Remember Joseph's pondering to put her away or the issues that you know, you know they had with finances because they give the cheapest uh, offering you can give later after Jesus is born to a change of locations which they go through, interference or issues with in-laws which they surely had was 29 points. Some of you will email me this week. Oh, that should be 529 points. Okay. You add up all the things they went through, a pe pregnancies, 40 points, all of it. 300 is a mental breakdown. They're well over 400. And yet they're trusting and they're faithful because they've been visited by God 
The peace of Christ already is with them and in them. It's the same thing for Isaiah last year. All the chaos of everything that's going around the people of God, they're in despair and in darkness, and he can say to them at the turn in chapter 40, Oh, comfort my people. Peace. John the Baptist, right out of the gate. Again, it's, it's, it's a message we have to hear. For that peace to come, first there has to be a wrestling with sin. It's interesting, when they come to John the Baptist out there to be baptized, it says not only were they being baptized, but they were confessing their sins right there with everybody. So let's go around. Ben, you're first. And we're, no. But that's what happens when, when Christ shows up and the message of the good news comes. It's got to be, and, and you see it throughout Mark's gospel, it's sin has to be dealt with. Mark 1, 4, it's here. Mark 2, 5, seeing their faith, Talks, Jesus talks about sins being forgiven. Mark 3, 28, he talks about sin. Mark 8, uh, chapter 8, they're a sinful generation. Chapter 9, anybody who causes children to sin, you're in trouble. Listen, if you're sinning, pluck out your eye or cut off your hand. Jesus is so serious when he teaches about sin. And eventually in chapter 14, Jesus is betrayed into the hands of sinners. This, this passage throughout this whole gospel doesn't back away from our need for, for repentance. When we come to this season and we see the peace that he wants to offer, oh, what a great peace to know where you, maybe you've been, I know where I've been, and to know because of that Christ child, and because of the offering he would make for us, my sins are as far away as the east is from the west, that they've been cast into the sea of forgetfulness. And we can know the peace of God. And there's, but there's even more here. If you'll turn to Mark 4 and verse 39, it's not, it's not just a peace from sin, but you see this theme throughout his gospel, this peace, this peace that can come even in the midst of difficult circumstances, like in Mark 4, 39, the storm on the sea. They in that time certainly were under all kinds of issues foreign invaders there were even terrorists in their midst all kinds of struggles we're in a season of that a season of pandemic a season where there, we have riots in our country uh, uh, political craziness natural disasters and yet you see jesus say to the wind and the waves hush be still that even in the midst of whatever our circumstances or the chaos around us, if Jesus is with us, as he was with them in that boat, and as he moves towards us every Advent season, you and I can be still in our hearts, forgiven, a peace that's in our hearts in the midst of chaos. And really, it's not just this external peace that he offers to them on that ship at sea, but switching over to chapter 5, verse 34, it's not just external, but he comes to do something in our hearts. I like what J. Oswald Sanders says. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. God. You just find Jesus over and over again, and right here with the woman with the blood issue, when he speaks to her, yes, of the chaos of her situation and having had that issue and all that went with it, not just physically, but relationally, and in their minds even spiritually, but in the midst of that, he wants to talk to her faith and to her soul. Peace. Go in peace. And he talks about her 
faith. What a great reminder. Not just the chaos of life, but God can calm the storms of whatever's going on here. He wants to do that. Do you know that John Wesley, our forefather, learned German on the boat ride when he was coming to America? I can't remember if it was America to here or on, from America back to England, but he learned actual German. You know why? The Moravians. There was a, 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 a great storm, and that ship was, was about to be lost, and everybody was losing it except the Moravians. They were singing to Jesus. They had a peace in their life. And Wesley, Wesley said, I need that. I don't have that. And literally learn how to speak to them. I need you to tell me how to get that here. Jesus not only blesses this woman with her circumstances, but there's something in her faith, in her heart that he does. Peace be with you. What a great gift, by the way. And that's the last point today. What a great gift you will give to our culture that is a racing culture. Uh, Ann Voskamp in her book about Advent says we are addicted to speed. We don't slow down at Advent. We don't slow down any at life. But when your heart can be still, when you have the peace of God, it's a a great reminder to the ministry that we have with everything that's around us and all the struggles we have in this Season When you and I are at peace, not only does it bless our life with God, but what, what is this last thing uh, that we see? And uh, I would look to Mark 9, chapter 50. Jesus says to them, you can have peace with one another. That that peace has to hit the street. And what a, what a great gift when you and I have the peace of God and can share that, can manifest that can witness to that, can live that out well in a culture that is angry, frustrated, lash out, talk about. By the way, in that Mark chapter 9, I'll let you go there later, Mark chapter nine fifty, Jesus is actually teaching about hell. Where the worm does not die, the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. There's peace in that. When he gets through with that, he says, listen, I need you to be salt. But, he adds on, I need you to be at peace with one another. What a great gift you and I have when we're peacemakers in our families or at work or in the community. When you and I reflect the peace of God in our hearts and won't play by this world's games, what a ministry we can have that the peace of Christmas would still our hearts. Yes, but not just for me, that I would put that on display and be at peace with one another. This is how Isaiah says it. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray about that. Father, uh, as we go through this season, as we have already prayed to you in our prayer, we understand that there are still things in our attitudes, in our words, in our lives that are not pleasing to you. And so we thank you for this Sunday, for this reminder in Advent, that Jesus Christ came to be our peace, to make peace between a sinful people and a holy God. Father, if there's anything keeping us from knowing that forgiving peace, 
I pray we lay it before you right now, that we would know your forgiveness, the sweetness of your peace. Fathers, many of us are in circumstances that are, that are they're just times of struggle. I pray your Holy Spirit uh, would speak the words of Christ over those situations and say, be still. Would you give us peace in our circumstances? But mostly, Father, we're praying for peace in our hearts. That you would, as, as your son so beautifully did to that woman in her deep need, to give us a peace in our hearts and in our faith. So that we might not only be encouraged, but to a world that is struggling, that we might be a witness for Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Would you open doors for that? For us not just to show it, but to be able to speak of it. Bless now our response to this, your word. Father, we also just draw our hearts together to pray for Todd and family and for their family, uh, to pray for continued provision for their ministry. We thank you for their work. Father, continue to open doors for them. Use them for your kingdom, Father. We just bless them and just ask again for your, your grace, your love, your peace, your joy. Be in their midst and work through them, we pray. For all these things, we pray for Christ's glory and in his name. Amen.